Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates. I'll be your host today. Uh, This podcast exists because we believe that our words matter, and we believe that healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and your leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one or on a team from a stage, or like I am right now from behind a a microphone or a computer, uh, we hope to challenge you to communicate in healthy ways. So you will really change your world for the better when you tap into that healthy communication. Well, we're kicking off 2023 on the Speak With People podcast in a incredible way. Every week, we just strive to have the absolute best guests on the podcast and leaders who are on the front lines of leadership and living out healthy communication. And today, we are really blessed, really excited to have an incredible leader, a great communicator, uh, today's guest really is, is is an incredible communicator. I've listened to so many of his podcasts. I can't even remember how I found his podcast, but once I did, I have not turned back. And honestly, it's someone that I've learned a absolute great deal from. Uh, his book, he has got a couple books. His first book has just meant the world to me. And uh, his podcast is The Learning Leader Show. And I'm just going to brag for a second because he probably won't. But Forbes called it the most dynamic leadership podcast around Inc. Magazine said it's one of the top five podcasts to make you a smarter leader. I mean, that's that's just incredible. And every week, I'm just like, where where does he come up with these incredible guests? So uh, the only thing we have in common uh, is that I once marched in the Eastern Michigan University marching band on the field of Miami University where he was a quarterback. So <laughs> I guess there's not too much in common there, but I at least went to, uh, to his field where he was at. Uh, so I, it's my honor to welcome Ryan Hawk to the podcast. Ryan, welcome to the Speak with People podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be with you today, and hopefully we can uh, add some value. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey, uh, before we kind of jump into the questions, kind of diving into our conversation, could you just kind of tell our listeners uh, who you are, what you're about, what you do, all that kind of stuff? Uh, Ryan Hawk, live in Dayton, Ohio. Um, Spent the bulk of my younger years playing sports, football, baseball, basketball, anything with a ball we'd play. Uh, grew up in a very competitive household. I'm the middle of three boys, older brothers four years older, younger brothers two years younger. Uh, I think that was um, my brothers and my parents pretty much are, are the reasons uh, for anything good, at least that has happened um, for us, I would say. And uh, as you mentioned, went on to play football um, in college. Uh, Miami University for my first two years uh, ran into another really good player at my same position named Ben Roethlisberger, uh, transferred <laughs> transferred to Ohio University after battling it out for two years with Ben mm. and then finished my career at, at OU, uh, graduated from there. Uh, and then after playing for a few years in the Arena Football League, which is a very fun place to play as a quarterback because sure. you throw every play, score a ton of points. Um, I had to get a real job. My first real job was in sales at a company called LexisNexis inside telephonic base, cold calling, smile and Oof. dial, low base salary, but unlimited upside if you crushed it, uh, which I loved and uh, really learned, um, I think, a really uh, a super valuable skill at that mm. job because I was surrounded by amazing people, a great boss, bosses, great mentors. And I did that corporate life for 12 years and started my podcast on the side while at LexisNexis uh, after earning my MBA because I felt like uh, I don't think the learning really ever stops. Um, And I I actually now enjoy the 
self-directed, self-chosen style of learning versus the learning that happens when you're in a school. Uh, I didn't love getting my MBA. It took me six years. It was really hard. I went while I was working full time. And so that's part of why I started my podcast, The Learning Leader Show, was because I'd finished that, but I didn't want to finish the learning elements. I wanted to be intentional. And uh, instead of going into another graduate degree program where you don't have much say in who the teachers are or the classes you take. They say, if you want this specific degree or this certificate of uh, saying that you have earned a master's or a PhD, that you have to take these classes. Um, Rather, I'd rather choose my own professors Mm -hmm. and ask um, these wise people questions directly, have deep, long-form conversations, follow my curiosity, be a deep listener, ask better follow-up questions than intro questions, and hopefully... I could learn a lot along the way. And I think building a platform with that gave me the opportunity to potentially get in front of um, people who have accomplished a lot, people that I admire. Um, and that was uh, eight years ago and now 500 plus episodes. And I'm, I'm grateful that people seem to enjoy it and find value in it so much so that in 2017, that's when I left corporate America wow. to do this work full time. So that's kind of where we are today, as fast as I could do it. Hopefully that, that kind of paints the picture. That's huge. It's huge. Well, one of the things that I love about your podcast, and I'm a, you know, I've I've been a longtime listener and have sent it, you know, my team's kind of around me right now. They've received text messages with your latest uh, episode. I've sent it to many leaders. But one of the things that I really love about it is just the thread that you talk about your family, you know, and that's, that's just been so refreshing uh, and, and so uplifting because, you know, families are, are everything. And so I just love the way that your dad has had such an influence in your life and your, your brothers and, uh, you know, your, your mom, you know, the whole deal. So that's just been, uh, for me, that's been so great. Um, so I guess I didn't realize you played baseball as well. One of the reasons I moved to Tampa is because I'm literally 30 minutes from five, five spring training parks. So, (laughs) so it's just a rough, it's a really rough place to be. (laughs) <laughs> so for your your podcast, did you ever imagine that you would get 500 plus uh, download or 500 plus episodes with however many downloads? I mean, it's just it, the number is huge. And then just the lineup of guests. Did you have a vision for that? Or when you started, was it just, OK, I, I, like you just talked about, I want to create something where I, I can help others with this learning platform or from the beginning, did you kind of have a sense Okay, I think I think there's something here. Like this is there's some great potential. Well, my intent is to really focus on the daily behaviors, um, mm. and that's why I still kind of subscribe to that methodology of of kind of marrying the process and divorcing the result. The results are going to be what they are. I don't have a ton of control over that, but I have complete control over how hard I work to get great guests, over how much time I spend preparing, over how much time I spend working on being a better interviewer, of being a better listener of being a better cold email writer to people I want on the show. Like I I have control over all those things. So I focus much more on what's within my control. And certainly I want it to grow. I want it to do what it's done. But I also realize that I kind of have to surrender that outcome when it comes to to that. Um, But when I started, I had zero intention of leaving my job. I love my job. I love Mm. the company. I love the people. I love my boss. I love everybody. Um, it, It was purely out of following my own curiosity and wanting to continue my learning. I mean, that's why it's called the learning leader show It's part of the reason is because my favorite leaders are constantly learning and working on themselves, not the 
every once in a while you'll meet somebody and some people may have worked for somebody like this where their, their boss already has all the answers. They don't mm. need to read a book. They don't need to meet with mentors. They don't need to really work on themselves because they've already got all the answers. They've already figured it out. That's the opposite of a learning leader. Those are people that I'm not going to work with. And, um, and so, no, I, 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 I think I'm, I'm working on getting better at becoming a more of a visionary, more of a longer term strategic thinker. I have uh, met with people to help me get better at that. But at the beginning, I had zero intention or thought of anything other than I just I'm focusing on the next recording, on the next right. conversation. How can I be overly prepared for that next one? And then you just kind of stack days, you stack episodes. And before you know it, it's been a few years and maybe a hundred or so episodes. And, and you got quite a, quite a demand. Um, the, I mean, the market doesn't lie. The market will tell you what you're worth. They'll tell you, uh, we want you to come here and give this keynote speech. We want you to come here and develop this leadership development program. We want you to come here and work with our leader, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So when the market tells you that enough times, that's why at the end of 2017, when I'd been told enough times, I'd run out of PTO days. I, I, it started becoming a distraction in my day job. I thought, well, I'm kind of at a crossroads. Do I decide to just back off a little bit on the podcast and all the extracurriculars it was creating and these cool business opportunities and focus more on my day job and um, so that it doesn't become a distraction? I was a VP of sales at that time. There was wow. you know, 50 plus people reporting up through me, $500 million of revenue we were responsible for. It was a lot of work. And wow. instead of doing that, I decided to focus 100% of my effort on my show and on mm. the, the, the kind of the business opportunities that have been created because of it. And, and now, you know, that's, it's crazy that it's, that's been five plus years since then. So, Wow, that's incredible. So <clears throat> those early days kind of going back, one of the things that I've really learned from you, uh, you know, of listening over the years is just, just the art of making the ask. I mean, it's just as I heard, I've heard some of your stories about <laughs> some of the guests that you've uh, you know, gotten on your podcast, uh, asked to be a part those cold emails. Uh, you know, when did you kind of begin that journey of realizing that it's on you to make the ask? Like, you know, I think so many leaders, they just stop at the, whenever the moment the, the idea is too big or, you know, they just go, I can never do that. But when, when did it dawn on you that, wait a minute, no, 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 as a leader, I can do that if I do it, you know, the right way is being self-aware and all that kind of stuff. I'd love to know as, your journey. As far as making that. the ask? Yes, yes. Yeah, so I, I think um, this is when I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for that first, the first job I had uh, working at LexisNexis because when you are tasked with selling new business, these are people who are currently using our competitors and they're not using us. Um, you have to constantly make cold calls, constantly ask for, for just a minute of time, constantly, eventually, hopefully ask for the business. And you do that in all different forms, email, cold calls, phone calls, whatever it may be. And so you get, you get, you get really conditioned to being rejected. You get very conditioned. It's, it, you, it happens 98% of the time. So <laughs> you're very used to feeling that and also starting to feel what it's like to see what works, like what emails are working best, what talk tracks work best, how, what's breaking through, what's, what's giving me more opportunities in order to achieve yep. the goal that the company set for me because that's ultimately like I was really driven by, by overperforming on whatever goal they set for me. Mm. And so I'd say I used some skills that I developed in that. And also, um, I, I guess I, 
I just have no fear of rejection or being ignored. I, I, I mean, maybe that's because it happened so much in those, those earlier mm. years working that I just, I truly just move on to the next one. If, um, I almost expect to be ignored or I expect to get a no, um, but that doesn't mean I'm ever going to stop. I right. will put it a note on my calendar to follow up with that person. So some of these guests that have happened, I mean, it's, it's a lot different now. Uh, it's much easier now. Sure. Uh, with all the credibility and the show's built and the platform. Sure. It's, it's it now it happens the other way. Um, but at the, in those early days, those first few hundred episodes. Yeah. I mean, I just put, put notes on my calendar to follow up and try to uh, read what I'd written before and then, uh, make it more unique, uh, make it more compelling, share some of the credibility that had been built since the last time I sent them a note and just keep going. I think that's the difference is that sometimes people don't like being rejected or ignored or they take offense to that and then they stop. And the difference with me is like, there's still people I've been emailing for eight years wow. that I'll never stop. I'll wow. never stop. Um, I want to talk to them. I want to see them. I recently just made phone calls, left voicemails, sent, sent a FedEx letter, um, to the person's home that I've handwritten. I mean, I'll, I'll do anything to try yeah. to get somebody to come on the show. I, I, I'm just, I'm just wow. never going to stop trying. Wow. So what, so what advice would you give to the leader who, and maybe I'm asking for myself because we're at, you know, when your episode airs, it'll be our 23rd episode. And so we're in that first year of building the podcast. And then, you know, our little company, we do communication coaching. And then I do training for companies, you know, to really gravitate towards a, a healthy culture when it comes to communication. So what advice would you give to those younger leaders? I mean, you talk about those first couple of years of learning, like, you know, how to keep moving past the no, but for so many leaders, I mean, it, it's just, it just stops them right away. And you have to learn those 99 no's can get you that glory, glorious. Yes. But like, how, how did you get to that place? You know, I mean, we, I, well, I'd love any of that practical advice. I, I guess I'll have had a lot of practice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had a lot of, I got a lot of, I've, I think if, if, if it becomes a normal part of your day to yep. get hung up on, to get rejected, to get ignored uh, when you have a job and you do that job for years, um, it maybe just condition, conditions you to be used to that yeah. feeling and to not really worry about it. I mean, I view every no as a not yet. Uh, every mm. time being ignored is I got to keep going. Um, do I, I don't want to be like a pest or, or, or right. like, and maybe that happens. Maybe that, that there is that feeling. Um, but, you know, I know what happens if I don't ask. Right. Like I know what happens at that point. Nothing happens if I don't ask. So the 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 at least the alternate version of that gives me a shot. It gives me a chance. And now I have so many examples of right. it working out because of being because of being persistent and resilient and continuing to follow up. I've written about and told the Seth Godin story. I mean, I wrote him, I started writing him before my podcast even launched. <laughs> And, and Seth is known to respond to emails. Um, wow. And I, think, I think he responded the first one. I had like six or seven episodes out by that time. I don't remember the exact date. And he, and he just said, follow up with me when you've got 75 episodes and your show is awesome. And so wow. on, the day, on, the, on the day the 75th episode came out, I sent him an email. I said, Seth, here's episode 75. I'm following up with you because it's awesome. And, you know, I was like kind of a joke. And, and, he, and he said, great, I'll do it. And he did. <laughs> And so I think like like that type of thing though just is is normal. When somebody right. would blow me off when I had a sales job and say, oh, "I'm not in the market now. Call me back in December." I'm like, "December what?" You know, it's oh, whatever. Mm. December first. I'm like, "Okay." On December first at eight o'clock, I was calling. 
you know? Yep. So like that type of thing is just a normal part of the process for, for me. And I think people kind of respect that. I mean, I respect it when people do that to me, I try to be responsive, but, um, but sometimes I'm not, I guess. And, and if, and if somebody is persistent, but respectful, then, you know, I, I'll try to honor that. Absolutely. Well, I, I just appreciate, I mean, I, I think what you've modeled to me and my team and then to my podcast is that you have, you know, um, just modeled the, you know, kind of keep giving it forward, you know, idea. Like yeah. you were a young podcast, yet you've given us some of your time to be a part when, you know, I, I woke up this morning and I'm like, I, I can't believe he said yes. I mean, it's just, you know, just phenomenal. The, uh, the other part of that though, I would say though, is that, um, I think you got to try to make what, whatever the thing that you're doing, it, you got to try, try to make it so good that mm. people are talking about it. Like that, that you make it a wow. word of mouth, a word of mouth referable thing. And yes. so a lot of those guests and a lot of what has happened is, um, one person I may have, let's say I, I send a cold email to somebody and this happened with a two, two, I don't want to name their names, but, but pretty, pretty known people. And they forward it to a friend who they noticed had been a guest on my show. And they say, Hey, is it worth it? Should I do this? And then, you know, and if, if, and, and the, so there's a lot writing on that. And so if right. that guest says, that guest says, yeah, I mean, that's happened a number of times. So I think that's the other part of it, of it is like, make it, make it so excellent that it, it, it creates word of mouth marketing, which is the greatest form of marketing ever right. is when someone just can't help, but refer it to somebody else. Like that's kind of the goal with each episode. When I think about how I'm preparing and think about the angle and the outline and where I want to go, it's usually based upon like, how can I make this so good that somebody can't help but tell their friend to listen to it? That's kind of the way I, I, I hope as, as well as like with books and keynote speeches yep. and things like that too. No, that's just absolutely huge. When, when it comes to leaders and, you know, they're communicating the ask, I mean, we've all been in, in work scenario situations on teams where we've worked side by side with maybe someone who, and maybe we've all been in that place as well, where the emotional intelligence wasn't quite where it should be, or the health of their inside wasn't quite where, you know, would be. One of the things I love about, um, in your book, Welcome to Management, and Sorry to the YouTube uh, viewers of this. I always take the covers off the book after I'm done reading it. So you're just seeing a, a great book. But uh, I love when you talked about, you know, how important the health of a leader is. And, you know, one of the chapters you talked about winning the morning. And I know for me as a leader, when it comes to making the ask, I have to get over some of those voices. I mean, those uh, Vanessa Van Edwards calls them the gremlins, right? The gremlins that just tell you, there's no way you should ask. There's no way you should reach out. There's no way you should press send. How important do you think it is to be, you know, so committed to your own health, physically, emotionally, mentally, you know, to prepare you to be the leader who can make those kind of asks? So are we talking about like the the physical and mental health of yourself or about like making the big ask? Yeah, I think the first part would be the you, your own health so you could get to that place. I mean, do you think there's a correlation of the healthier I am as a person, you know, the more ready I am to make that ask or, you know, does would, it does it really I mean, not matter? I would think so. I mean, I, I guess I got to think, I mean, I, I want to tackle these uh, properly, but I mean, I know for me uh, having a seven day a week physical 
practice of being a, an early morning workout type of a person. I know that's not for everybody, but it is for me. Um, I don't see much downside to people implementing that at that as mm. part of their routine. Everyone's got different things going on in their life, but yes, like you get one body. Right. And so, and we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, anything can happen, but I do know what I have control over again, getting back to that. And I do have control over what time I wake up and how hard I push myself physically, which then impacts me both my body as well as mentally. It's a, it's a huge for me. So I think it starts the day properly to then it's like the anchoring part of every single day to say like, you've, you've, done the work to take care of yourself at least as best you can and then I, it almost puts me in a much better mind frame mindset to to do whatever work is needed to be done whether that's making these big asks and not being afraid or it's doing a podcast or writing a book whatever it may be right um to me that's just kind of like an anchoring point and i feel like it's almost um it it, it just it's just so against who I am as a person to not do everything I can to, to it's almost like my way of saying thank you for mm. giving me a body that works and having working wow. legs and arms that wow. I use them. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just the same thing with like when I see escalator and stairs, I don't understand why people take an escalator. Like I get it. If you don't have working legs, I understand it completely. But if you do, why not use them? Yep. Um, so I, I think that's part of it. Like it's a big deal for me to try my best and, that, that runs in my family as well. So maybe that's a part of our DNA. Like my parents are really big on that. My brothers are huge on that. I'm big on that. My wife is huge on that. So like I just, I just think we try to, we try to show like our gratitude by, by using and working um, the, 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 the body that we yes. have, trying to improve it. And then I think that leads to all of the other kind of mental elements of, of what we do throughout our days. Boy, that's so good. Yeah, in that chapter, you talk about uh, Jesse Cole's, uh, you know, from the Savannah Bananas, his morning routine. And uh, I just love the intentionality of it. And so just hearing your encouragement, you know, to, uh, you know, for leaders, you know, to take as good of a care of your body that way, it can only set you up for success in your other places of leadership in life. Yeah, I know. Not, not everybody's down with that. But I, I mean, um, I, like I said, I feel like if I stopped doing that, it'd be irresponsible. Uh, and it would be showing that I'm not really grateful for these, these amazing kind of things have been given. And m number one being like a body that actually can still move. Like I'm grateful for that. I think about that. I'm, I feel, I feel bad when I see others who don't have that, you know, it's like, wow, God, I, I need to be really grateful for the, for the, for the basic fundamental things that I have. And now let's use that. And, and then that kind of, again, sets you up mentally for, for, I think the rest of the day, at least, at least for me. Absolutely. So when it comes to like the specific ask, so you're in those early days or even now when you're asking someone to be on your podcast, are there some key components that you always uh, thread, you know, weave into your asks? Um, as far as like when I send a cold email, what does it look like? Yes. Is that yeah. Yeah. Is, um, I mean, yeah. Are, are just there's some pieces that are like, OK, I, yeah. 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 Uh, the one word I would use here is specificity. Hmm. Uh, I think the biggest problem when I receive uh, cold emails is lack of specificity. And what I mean by this, there's really two parts. Um, I think first, you're, you're, you're telling them why you want them to be on your show or why you want them to be your mentor or why you want them to meet with you, whatever the, the cold email that you're sending is. And I, you, I think you need to know why specifically 
that you want to talk to them. And I think you need to know what it is about them that you really admire. Yeah. And so to me, my, my ask, um, usually, uh, is, is the foundational element of that is, is what it is about them that I deeply admire and get as specific and deep as possible and do it quickly. And so I, I usually have some sort of specific element to the praise of that person. And then a specificity when it comes to the ask, uh, which is very direct of just come on my podcast. Um, and then there's, there's a brief amount of credibility, um, now that I have that built up of, right. of why it would be worth their time because, um, you know, whether they just want to get their message out to a new audience or different people, but, but to let them know, like, here's some of the elements of the show that could be helpful as far as whatever awards or what list you've been named on or the number of people and the number of countries, whatever it may be. Um, I'll put that very briefly in it and then just, and then just, um, send the, send the direct ask and, and that's, that's that. Um, so I just think the word specificity, people yep. miss that so much. Um, if you're going to praise somebody, you know, don't say like, Oh, I love that you work hard. Like praise <laughs> them for something very specific. And if right. you haven't asked or like you have a question, then be very specific. Sometimes somebody will email you and say, Hey, I'd like to ask you a few questions. And I'd say, well, well, why don't you just write the questions in the email then? Like if you have questions, then tell me what you just, just send them to me. I might right. just respond and answer. I might call you. Whatever. So I think that's the fun. The funny thing about it is, is we're still not, for the most part, very good at sending, sending those notes. Um, so I've, I've, I've learned it can be a, a, a way to differentiate um, hmm. in, in the marketplaces to be, to be good at that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think so much of, you know, I, I loved, I've loved your interviews with Donald Miller and even him setting up the, you know, okay, you got a problem. Here's the, here's the solution. Here's what is going to happen, you know, with someone's life, you know, just even setting your, I mean, you talk about the specificity, even setting yourself, you know, apart from other emails that people are getting because you've actually put some thought into it. I mean, can go so far, so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, has there ever been a moment where you've like caught yourself, um, when you were about to make an ask, maybe you were speaking at an event or somewhere and you saw someone and you thought about doing, you know, an ask in person. Uh, I only ask because recently, um, the church I attend, uh, uh, Tony Dungy and his wife attend there. And I found myself walking side by side of him. And I thought, this is the total wrong moment to invite him to be on my podcast. And I'm like, okay, stop, stop, stop. You know, he's with his family, that whole kind of thing. But I wondered if you had any, you know, funny or moments where you just had to catch yourself to go, okay, now's not, now's not the time. Yeah. I, I mean, it sounds like you've kind of, you, you, you've probably chose right. I, I don't think, yeah, I, I think I don't want to ever be that person who, I mean, I'm fortunate to go to events at times with, with a number of people that I would love to have on my show. Uh, my younger brother plays in a celebrity golf tournament every summer in Lake Tahoe. I go with him. Like we've gone for 14 years. There's 50 people there that I'd love to record with. I would never ask any of them mm. because I'm there as his guest. Right. Um, I never want to do anything to, to, to make it so that, uh, somebody dislikes us or whatever cause an issue to maybe not get him invited, invited back. And so I yep. just try to be, uh, mindful of that. Now, if something happens where somebody has heard of my show and they've come to me and asked about it, oh, we for talk sure. through, that's, that's different. And that happens sometimes, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything, especially like the, the one thing that happens now frequently and, uh, you know, I, I understand why, but 
is they'll have me on their show or something and then ask ask me to make introductions to a lot of people who have been on my guest on my show like that's something i don't do right um it's just um it just doesn't it feels not that good so i don't i don't tend to ask other people to make intros for me i'd rather go the cold email route if they proactively come to me and say that yes that's different but i think yeah there are just certain times when i wouldn't when I wouldn't want to go there. And it's like yeah. part of the emotional intelligence element of this that you're not, yep. you don't want to mess it up for your family or friends. You don't want to push or cross a line that seems like, oh man, really? Like, are we going there already? Like that type of thing. So yep. that's, I just try to be mindful of that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have advice that you could give younger leaders, leaders listening? I mean, to kind of keep, you know, dreaming, keep pursuing you know, uh, leveling up, striving for that next place, you know, pushing yourself to kind of get there? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'd focus heavily on your who. Uh, mm. Who are you surrounding yourself with? You're going to become those people. It's not something I, I thought of early enough in my career that I, I think is, uh, is a regret. I would I, I would have been in a better position had I been more intentional about that. So I just think about the people who you surround yourself with. Who, who are the people who are ahead of you that could be play the mentor role that you could you could go to them with a mind of curiosity and ask questions and understand mm. them and who they are and how they've gotten where they've gotten. Um, as well as have a, have a, have a crew of people that are in a similar position as you, those ones who are beside you, who you can kind of walk down a similar path with non-judgmental, but you're, 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 you're really cheering for each other to do well. Like who are those people beside you? And I think the third part of that of your, who is who's behind you. Who are the people that you're helping? I think putting yourself in the position of being a teacher is one of the greatest learning tools there is. Think of any moment when you're getting up, standing up in front of a group of people and you're going to speak or give like a presentation, like you're probably going to get, you're going to try to get clear on what you're thinking before you yep. speak. And that, that level of clarity is a good tool for learning. Think like, like you're in the middle of writing a book, right? Writing a book is a forcing function to really get clear on what you believe and what you think. That is, that is a, an element wow. of teaching. Yeah. And that element of teaching really, really, uh, I think, can help you become a good learner. So I, th I think really I just focus on your who, who are the people ahead of you, who are the people beside you, and who are the people behind you like that, that you're helping. If you, if you get each of those three buckets in a healthy position with good quality people, you're going to be much better off. And most people aren't, aren't intentional enough about that. I know I wasn't when I was mm. younger, uh, and I'm still working on that. And I think, yeah. but if you get that right, like you got a shot for good things to happen. Wow. Wow. Those are, those are rich and I will definitely uh, be going back to uh, re-listen to those. So I'm, you know, relatively new at this. I've been a speaker for years, have stood on many, many stages, but I'm learning the interview process and doing everything. Uh, so is there, as, as just we kind of wrap up, is there a question that you're thinking, oh boy, this, he, he should have really asked me this. Uh, is there anything that's been, you know, kind of uh, moving around in your mind as you've, you've thought about our time together or, 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 you know, a question that I, I could have brought to you that would have brought out some great stuff in this? No, I mean, I, I think you, you know your audience best. And so I, I think really the questions are about the person who's asking them following their own curiosity with great rigor and, and, mm. and when knowing what they're most curious about and what could be potentially most helpful for the people that are, that are listening or watching. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's kind of like up to you of what you want. I, I try, I, I realize these are weird dynamics where in a normal conversation, there's, there's probably a 50, 50 balance of questions and answers. Sure. And I realize after doing a lot of these that in a podcast setting, 
it's not, it's, it's usually not that equal balance of question and answer. So I understand that element to it. If we were having a normal talk, it wouldn't be necessarily like this because I would probably be asking more questions, but I also am not trying to hijack your show or your interview, which I, if I'm not careful, I have a tendency to do by starting to ask questions. So yeah, it's your show. I'm, I'm trying to be a good steward of it and for whatever episode that I'm on and that hopefully it's useful for you and and uh and i don't want to like i said i don't want to mess it up i'm just trying to trying to add value as best i can well well done appreciate it hey before we let you go could we just uh let me ask you a couple of rapid fire questions just you know our audience kind of keep getting to know you uh do you have a personal favorite podcast right now or one that you've been kind of going you know back to as as one that's just kind of boy really feeding you a lot another show that i listen to yeah um I would say probably either Dan Carlin, uh, he's hardcore history, or maybe Brian Koppelman. I think mm. Brian Koppelman's a pretty good interviewer. Dan Carlin's one of the best storytellers of all time. Mm. So, yeah. uh, one of your one of the best books you read in 2022 that you would highly recommend. Oh man, uh, I mean, I, I I reread The Wright Brothers uh, by David McCullough. That's probably one of my favorite uh, biographies. Uh, Wright Brothers, their bicycle shop is about 15 minutes from where I'm standing wow. uh, right now. And so uh, I think that's a, that's one of those few books that you read at least once a year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I know you come from a football family, us Tampa Bay. People are wondering, do you think Tom Brady will leave Tampa Bay after the season? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it. It seems like it. it seems. I don't know where. Uh, it's probably probably going to have a lot to do with uh, coaching staff, ownership. Sure. Certainly, the, certainly the players there, the weapons that he could have. So I don't know. It seems like it. Seems like it. Well, thank you, Ryan, so much for joining us today. Please tell us where we can uh, find you online and get more information if we need it learningleader.com. It's got everything, podcasts, everything I do, books. It's all at learningleader.com. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being on the podcast today. We are just so grateful for your time. And thank you for joining in on the Speak With People podcast. You know that this podcast exists because our words matter. And we believe that healthy communication is just oxygen for relationships and leadership. So, Thanks for listening to the episode. And if there's a leader or two that you think this would be helpful for, we'd just be honored if you would pass it along. Can't wait for you to tune in, uh, download next week's episode, and we will talk to you then. Thanks so much.